This podcast is brought to you by Stella Artois. When you're planning to enjoy everything Houston has to offer, especially all the great restaurants in our city, start with Estella. Whether you're going to eat with friends or solo, start with Estella. Stella Artois. Enjoy responsibly. Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's bi-weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. This is the Tuesday show where we talk about some news and a restaurant that we visited recently. To do that, I am joined by my co-host this week. She is the beverage consultant who has created the cocktail programs for a number of successful restaurants and bars. Linda Salinas, welcome back to the show. How are you? Living my best life. We wouldn't have it any other way. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, La Cruderia, a Mexican restaurant in Southwest Houston, announced that they are opening a second location this month in Spring Branch. They have claimed the former The Branch space on Long Point for their new location. It's going to be a lot bigger than the original, like three times. At least that's what the owners, Jorge and Norma Laredo, who are brother and sister, told me. Linda, I, I think the first person to ever tell me about La Cruderia was you. So let me ask you, what do you what do you like so much about this Mexican restaurant? How does it stand out from all of the other places around town? First off, fantastic, fantastic seafood. They're, uh, what I really love about them is, is their use of ingredients, especially like their charred habanero situation that they do with a couple of uh, aguachiles. But I mean, just as a whole, I think that sometimes, you know, like when, whenever you're in, in Mexico specifically, it's really, it's affordable, like seafood in, in the, like little coastal towns and little places. It, it's all about fresh, affordable, and you could eat it every day. And so I feel like they embody that really nice, like coastal, like fare without having to spend and, you know, spend a, a, a ton of money. There's a couple of different places that do Mexican seafood, but you end up like having to pay such an, like an arm and a leg. But like every time I go there, it's like, I, I invite new people. We do a lot of shared things. I just, I like what they do. I think that's all well said. I I had my first meal there recently when I, I met with Jorge and Norma to interview them about this new location. And they served me these like shrimp tacos. I think they call it shrimp gobert. And it's just like a stewed shrimp with some chilies and some tomatoes. And they make the corn tortillas and you just bite into it. And you're like, yeah, this is, this is delicious. It's so simple. It's, it's so well prepared. And I had a pork belly taco that I really liked and they do cochinita pibil and they do quesabiria. They, you know, they do all these things. And like you said, it's, it's very welcoming. It's, it's, you know, it reminds me a little bit of like the original Malasetuan where it's not that there hadn't been like where it, it caters to primarily a Hispanic audience, but it's, it's set up in such a way that it's approachable for anybody. And, yeah. you know, if you don't, if you don't speak Spanish, if you're not necessarily familiar with all these dishes, like they'll explain it to you. Like they, they get it and they're there for you. 
and you get these crazy micheladas and all this other stuff and it's just, it's fun oh and they i mean they they have like they do mezcal palomas like what's i mean come on what's going on you know what i mean like i'm here for it and and i think you know spring branch you know in some ways i think spring branch is kind of similar where there there is a hispanic population in that neighborhood and they will support it and then there's everybody that's coming to spring branch for everything else like the korean food the the new places like Fiji's Barbecue and the Blind Goat and all the, you know, we have we have a ton of friends that have moved to Spring Branch over the last few years. I, I think they're going to really like this place. I think I think it's going to suit their needs really nicely. Yeah. I will say that I am a little concerned about the size of a larger restaurant because personally, it's really about perception and sometimes when you're when you're in a really large space you know you walk in and there's only like 10 people and you're like oh they're not very busy so hopefully they um hopefully they 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 figure out like how to break up those rooms adequately you know or however however they want to set that up because i think that sometimes i've seen people be like oh yeah we're we're getting a big giant space and it's like do you really want that big of a space you know Right. You need to create like the right atmosphere. It needs to have a certain energy to it. Otherwise people just feel like they're alone and that's uncomfortable. Yeah. And I mean, some, I mean, there's plenty of people that are trying to get into spring branch. And so I think that setting yourself up correctly, I mean, the features do very well because they're so inclusive and how their space is all done. So um, I guess, you know, I'd, I'd like to see what that, what, what that space specifically is going to look like at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's right. And, and we'll see, I mean, that's the, that's the short answers, but it's going to open in a couple of weeks. So we won't, we won't have to wait too long. Let, let me just ask you about one other thing, because Jorge said their goal is to be considered to be like at the same level as like a Kuchara. So, you know, that's a restaurant that, that we both know. Well, we've eaten there many times over the years. Do you, do you think that La Cruderia could, could be, you know, maybe not, maybe not today, but if, if things go according to plan, would you consider them at that level? I think they're, they're, they're pretty close to taking that crown. Like if you were to put toe to toe, like some of their same dishes, I think the people will, will soon know who, who deserves that crown. I think they're different. Absolutely. Because of how regional it is. Like I know that, Kuchara does like central, central regional cuisine. And I think they're doing more coastal cuisine. So I think if you're good at what you do and you take care of the neighborhood, I don't see why not. All right. Let's move on to topic number two. Dumpling House has closed its location in Sawyer Yards. They will continue to serve at Urban Harvest Farmer's Market and other events. Linda, you go to the Farmer's Market all the time. So I'm going to guess that you've had Dumpling House at least once or twice. What do you think? I think it's an interesting move, you know, like I really love their, I, I mean, I love their location in, in Sawyer Yards and I've been there a couple of times, but I mean, I, I don't know, like I just, I'm sad to have seen them close, but I mean, they know what they, they know what, what's best for their business. And I think they're going to be, they're going to be moving into a, um, a, just a to-go space or I'm sorry. A, um, yeah, a, like a commissary. Take, yeah. A commissary, which I mean. I think that that might just end up working out better for them until they, I mean, I personally think that they are such a terrific dumpling commodity. And I mean, we've been having a lot of 
dumplings in the last couple of weeks. And so I'm excited to see where they end up landing. But I think that the fact that they even like have decided to pivot of their, their business model, I think it's smart. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think there's an honesty. You, you talk about this all the time, right? Know, know your customer, but also know yourself. If, if the day-to-day grind of running a restaurant and maintaining a dining room either was like more work than you want to do, or you weren't seeing a sufficient financial reward, but you still like the business. And, and frankly, people still really like their dumplings. Take that step back, focus on what you're good at, which is farmer's markets and pop-up events and, and to go and frozen dumplings and just go with it. And, and yeah. so in, in a sense, I'm sad that like, I can't just pop over there anytime I want, but, but the reality is that most of my experiences with them have been either at the market or to go. And so I don't really like as a customer, I don't really need the dining room and, yeah. and at least it's not going away. Right. At least I can still get them because those little, like when you go to the farmer's market, you get a, a half dozen pan fried dumplings to walk around with. I, I mean, that's, that's living right in my book. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And then topic number three, Jane Wild, who we also know from uh, farmer's markets, as well as her time at the Dunleavy and Golden Bagel announced that she's doing a new pop-up dinner series that she's calling Jane's Dine In. Linda, we know we we both know Jane a little bit. What do you what do you think about this for for her and for people? Is this something that people should be allocating their dining dollars towards? I mean, it just depends on on what those menus are going to look like, you know? Like she has a, such an incredible repertoire. You know, she's done fantastic like in in dine you know dining room experiences she's been doing farmers markets with lots of pastries and so on and so forth so that just depends on what exactly those menus are going to look like i mean i think the identity i think it's really hard sometimes to do some of these pop-ups because you don't want to put yourself in one hole you know like you don't wanna, you don't want to be tagged as just one thing and so i think it's hard sometimes when you have a lot of different things i mean for the longest time i was it was only like Oh, my watermelon fresca. And then, you know, you're kind of ha- having to like, you know, and then there's other drinks. You're constantly having to like, not necessarily identify yourself by your product, but people want to know where you land. Are you more a vegetable? Are you a more of a, like, you know, what is it, what is it that's going to really drive? Cause I think the identity of someone doesn't necessarily need to be one or two things, but, you know, being, having a clear vision of what you're really signing up for is, um, is, you know, tricky. Yeah. And I, I think for Jane, you know, we know her from these farmer's markets that salted honey pie is fantastic. She does the muffins and the scones and the cookies and everything, but she's a savory chef too. And, and she proved that at the Dunleavy. And so I like that she's sort of doing a more sit down experience, not instead of the markets, because that she's been very, very successful with that. That's not going anywhere. But but in addition to, right, two, two Saturdays a month, 22 diners at a time, like It'll be intimate. It'll be friendly. You know, she sent me the menu for the first one. It's like pumpkin and tomato soup with okra hush puppies, apple and celery salad, pan roasted pork with Texas peaches and avocado honey, and a persimmon shortcake for dessert. I mean, I would eat all of those things very happily. So I'm I'm excited for this dinner series. I think it shows off a different side of her personality. I've always enjoyed her food. And so I I think this is something that people should be paying attention to. Yeah. Awesome. 
All right, Linda, I'm going to say that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. Linda, for our restaurant of the week, I want to talk to you about Dozone Dumpling House. This is the new Chinese restaurant that has just opened in Midtown in the former Ibiza space. It comes to us from Seattle, where it is pretty well thought of. And they have big plans for Houston. They have signed leases, uh, one in uh, the Boulevard Place development at Post Oak in San Felipe, uh, right above Ninfas, and a, a third location in Sugarland Town Square. So, Linda, I say all that to say to you, what did you think about our lunch at Dozone Dumpling House? I mean, the red oil dumplings, like the things that were not steamed were really fantastic. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I really loved their, the crispiness of like the pan fried dumplings. The scallion pancake was good. Well, and even the red oil dumpling actually really like has taken the the crown off of the red oil dumplings from mala Szechuan. like they were wonderful delightful tender you know like perfectly cooked fantastic but the shaolin bao was just not my jam right i mean if if you tell me that you're known for your soup dumplings and this is us being pretty fussy and also them being only open on the second day. So I don't want to, I don't want to dismiss them because I, I think they've got big plans for Houston and, but you know, the, the, the soup dumplings were a little bit thick and they didn't have that much soup in them. And that's like the fun of a soup dumpling is that, that gush of hot broth when you bite into the dumpling and, and we didn't really get a whole lot of that. Yeah. I mean, I think one of our, one of our dining companions said, you know, uh, these are made by a machine. And there was, there was a seam in them. And and they freely, when we asked, they freely acknowledged that, yes, they, they're machine made fresh every morning at a, at a central location and then brought to the restaurant. That That's how they make the dumplings. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's obviously consistent and so on and so forth, but I'm willing to give them another try, obviously. Uh, but we're also in a, in a town of really fantastic dumplings. Wanabao. Taste of Mulan, go to Chinatown, anywhere. I mean, it's just there's there's so many great dumplings in this town. So maybe they're known in other places when they're in a when they're in a dumpling desert, but we're in the oasis right now. Well, I, I mean, I think it's interesting, right? They started in Seattle, which has a couple locations of Din Tai Fung. And so I Googled local food writers to kind of see what they say. And then, you know, they said it holds its own with Din Tai Fung, which is this legendary global dim sum restaurant. And we were, we were dining with people who, you know, had been to Dozone in Seattle, who were very familiar with Din Tai Fung. And, you know, the opinion was like, look, whatever, whatever, whatever it was like when those reviews were written, that, that restaurant is not what opened in Midtown. So, you know, the search, the search for a Houston restaurant that, you know, since Din Tai Fung is, is not coming here anytime soon, as far as we know, uh, you know, the search for a Houston restaurant that can operate at that level continues. For soup dumpling fans, it's like if you're in Midtown, try Dozone, check it out, see what you think. I think for us, 
we left thinking Wanabao is still the the king of midtown soup dumplings. Absolutely. Any other thoughts on this? I mean, will you, um, like you said, the the those pan fried pot stickers with like the lacy edge, that was the that was the big winner for me. And those, I I really like those scallion pancakes. Yeah, those. I mean, and like I mean, but in all honesty, like everyone should go check it out because it is so absolutely affordable. It really is. Like, I mean, I I, I don't want to say you get what you pay for, but it's like the service is quick. I mean, the fact that it was there second day and like in and out lunch quick and affordable like why not check it out yeah yeah i mean we basically ordered we ordered three different kinds of soup dumplings we ordered a whole bunch of other stuff drinks well non-alcoholic drinks tea you know a milk tea whatever but like lunch for four for under a hundred bucks feels like a really good deal these days you know i feel like that's getting to be harder and harder to find so yeah i i appreciated the value I appreciated how friendly everybody was and how welcoming they were. And I'm, I'm always excited to have a new restaurant uh, that's basically in my neighborhood. And so I'll go back and I'll, I'll work my way through more of that menu. There's, there's a whole bunch of noodle dishes. We didn't get the chance to try. So that, that alone will get me to go back. Awesome. Linda, I'm going to say that does it for the restaurant of the week. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks so much for having me. That does it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Join me Thursday when my guest will be Rob Wright from Rock House Southern Kitchen.